Welcome back to the Commission Podcast. Before we launch into our regular series on church planting, we wanted to share this last important talk with you from Revive. It's from Jules Stroud and Dave Cornish on the important topic of being faithful in singleness. Enjoy. Um, welcome to Faithful in Singleness. Uh, let's do some introductions. My name's Dave. Um, I'm on the eldership at Hope Church Sutton. <laughs> Thank you very much. You went teed up. I am 32 and I am single. Hi, I'm Jules. Um, I am the women's ministry coordinator at a church called Christchurch Ballam. And I'm 43 and I'm single. Uh, we are your co-hosts um, for this afternoon. Thank you very much for choosing this seminar. Um, in spite of the title which we thought was a little bit dull, really. And we, yeah. we, we just wanted to be clear up front that we didn't choose it. Um, they, they gave us this title. We would have made it more exciting. Yeah. Um, and, and as we were preparing, um, and particularly this morning, we had, we had a slight change of heart. <laughs> having, having decided that it was a boring title, and we wouldn't have named it that, um, we came around to thinking that actually, faithfulness is the point. Um, far from being the, the generic title that's given to every seminar this afternoon, which it is, um, faithfulness is the point. Singleness isn't the point. Faithfulness to Jesus is what we're aiming for. Um, singleness is the context, it's the circumstances that, that some of us are trying to do that in. Um, so faithfulness is what we're aiming for. And faithfulness um, is a whole church project, isn't it? Um, you'll find that you, it's really hard to be faithful to Jesus on your own. The New Testament says that we need each other. Um, faithfulness is a whole church project. As my, my pastor is fond of saying, um, Christians are like bananas. Um, if you get separated from the bunch, you know you're about to get skinned. And so a particular shout out um, to you this afternoon. If you saw the title of the seminar, um, and singleness is not you right now, and you chose to come anyway, thank you. Um, for recognising that faithfulness is a whole church project yeah. um, and we need each other to do that. Um, so just to briefly to tell you um, how the seminar is going to run, um, we've got 45 minutes together. Um, Jules is going to share a thought from the Bible. Um, we've got plenty of time for discussion, um, for questions, for feedback. Um, this is not a, a talk, this is a seminar. Um, so we want to hear from you. We're not, we're not the experts. Um, I'm 32. I haven't been doing this for years and years and years. Um, what this seminar is not um, is a, a systematic theology um, of singleness. It's not a, a walkthrough of, of everything that the Bible has got to say um, about marriage and singleness. Um, we're starting from the assumption this afternoon that you know that the Bible says that singleness is a gift. And we're starting from the assumption that there are times that you don't quite believe that. And um, so our hope and our prayer for this afternoon isn't that um, we would all leave thinking, oh, actually, singleness is, is pretty great after all. Um, our hope and our prayer for this afternoon isn't that um, those of us who are married in the room or our married friends would, would think that, oh, actually, singleness is quite hard, um, although it can be. Um, our hope and our prayer for this afternoon is that we would leave thinking that faithfulness to Jesus in our singleness is so worth it, because it really is. Um, so let me pray um, as we start our time together. Father God, thank you for the privilege of being a part of your family, um, of not being um, a lone banana. 
Um, thank you for the privilege of brothers and sisters to walk with together, to encourage, um, to pray with, to share life with. Um, we pray this afternoon would be an encouragement to us, whether we are single and struggling, or single and joyful, or not single. Um, Father, we pray um, that we would uh, be able to lift our eyes um, above our circumstances um, and to, to rejoice that, that it is worth it um, because Jesus is coming back again. Um, we pray that you would help us to help each other um, on the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jules. Um, so we're going to start uh, by breaking into twos and threes just around where you are and think about this question for a couple of minutes. Um, what are the challenges to being faithful in singleness? Uh, talk amongst yourselves for a couple of minutes and then we're going to come back to the centre. Off you go. Okay, if you'd like to uh, turn back to the centre. Um, lots of chat, that's really good. Um, we'd love people to uh, just indicate and um, Dave will come around so you, you can say something, you can share something you've talked about. Uh, sometimes it can really help to share something someone else said to you in order to make it easier. Um, so just let's just start by indicating who's got something to share. Go on, Keisha. Hello, we said it's really hard like when you see couples serving together and they have that support with each other serving in the church. We also say it's really hard, like when you see like couples that are engaged or getting married or expecting a child, it's like a really joyous time. But when it's like another couple who got engaged, another couple who got engaged, you do mm. think like, Lord, when is it my turn or my turn to even be in a relationship? Yeah, thanks Keisha. I can identify with that. Anyone else? Go on, right next to you, Dave. Yeah. Hi. Um, so the both of us were discussing and saying um, around family events and family times. Yeah. So you'll have siblings or friends that all have partners, kids, married. So uh, the example we spoke of was like at Christmas time, say, so, oh, get your brother and his kids and your sister and their kids. So it's around that family time mm. or going away on family holidays. Yeah. And you're sort of always this third or fifth wheel hanging on you don't quite fit in. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? Oh, yeah. And then someone at the front afterwards, Dave. Um, so we said it was a temptation to think of ourselves as less than other people. Yeah. And also the temptation to think that Jesus himself is not quite enough. Yeah. Thank you. So it's not necessarily unique to singleness, but having feelings for someone who's not the right person to be with as well. Yeah, yeah thank you. That's really helpful. Uh, we were just saying that kind of feeling of being in, bet in between stages, of actually kind of being waiting for something that you're not sure is going to come. Yeah. Anyone else? Okay. Oh, yeah. Go on. Do speak up. Don't be afraid. Um, it's similar to what you over there somewhere were saying <laughs> uh, first. Um, like being a little bit jealous. Like not necessarily always wanting a relationship, but someone's just got engaged and somebody else has just got in a relationship. And for me, it's not like the waiting for my turn. It's just like I, I want that joy and I want, I want to be celebrated for once. Yeah. yeah, yeah. thank you. That's helpful. 
anyone else? Go on, Jane. On a practical note, um, the singleness tax, like the financial um, difference it is when you're supporting yourself and not um, able to get the deposit for the house and yeah. the knock-on effects of that mm. brain space. Yeah, thank you. Any more? Go on. So we were saying that it's it's harder as you get older yeah. as well to... Um, you know, to maintain, to be, to do it in the Christian way, because um, mm. obviously, yeah. Yeah, thank you. It's harder as you get older. And behind the lady that spoke before. I think the challenge is for churches to understand there's lots of different reasons for singleness. Yeah. might be somebody that's gone through divorce, yeah. might have been maybe a widow or somebody young, somebody with yeah. different circumstances and how to support everybody in those different situations. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, over here. Uh, put your hand up again. Yeah. Thank you. I would say maybe a desire for particular interactions of maybe not exactly Christian value mm. in the wrong form yeah. Because you don't get it in the right form. Yeah. And you don't get it at all. Yeah. So working hard to not to not sin is that's what you're saying. Yeah. Thank you. That's really helpful. Saying the not having that sort of go to person to work through like spiritual struggles or questions yeah. with. Um and like to walk through life with. Yeah. Thank you. Got time for one more, maybe two? Okay, we're going to leave, we're going to park that there. Thank you everyone for contributing. Just even sort of talking out loud and people sharing their thoughts, just really helpful to sort of build a picture um, of what singleness can sometimes feel like. Um, my friend and housemate Jane is going to come up and read Psalm 84 to us now, and then we're just going to reflect on it. Um, so reading Psalm 84. For the director of music, according to Gitith, of the sons of Korah, a psalm. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, may they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. 
No good thing does he withhold from those whose way of life is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Thanks, Jane. Um, I expect some of you are rather surprised to be pointed towards Psalm 84. It's a seminar about singleness. And you might be thinking, well, what's this psalm got to say to me in this area? What indeed? Because Psalm 84 is actually about home and place and dwelling. The psalmist is desperate for a home, to be home, to be in God's home. And we'll see it's an amazingly good thing to desire. Personally, you know, I'm in my mid-40s now. I have spent a lot of time over the years thinking about home. Um, I'm really lucky to be living with a good friend now where we're making a home. But over the years, I've lived with a lot of different housemates. And it's felt hard to make a home rather than just the place I'm staying at the moment. And over those years, while I've thought about uh, making a home with a husband and children and a garden and maybe a dog, I've known those desires aren't wrong. But when I put those desires in front of my desire for God, that's when things have gone wrong. The sovereign plan God has for me is to one day be in his home forever, worshipping him. Where I'll be single, and so will everyone else. Because there's no marriage in heaven, is there? And recently I've been realising I've been shortchanging myself. Someone commented on that earlier. Um, And I think I've been telling myself that to be single is to be half a person. But this is me telling myself this. Because God's word tells us we're made whole in him. Through the sacrificial death of Jesus, married people and single people, first and foremost, need to trust and believe in Jesus. Not leaving him behind as circumstances change. We don't graduate from trusting in Jesus if we get married, do we? I think married people soon, really soon realise that. But also, the evidence in my life tells me I'm a whole person. I love my life and the people God has put around me, friends, family, church family. I love the things God has made me to enjoy, outdoor activities like cycling and swimming. And I love growing in the gifts and skills that God has given me. Because ultimately, he has made me to follow him and seek to be in his kingdom forever. And that's good. And that's what this psalm helps me with. It reminds me really what I'm living for. So as different people have have commented, I'm just thinking, why are you here? Perhaps you're just looking in, wondering about this topic. Perhaps you've been married before, but are single again. Perhaps you've waited for marriage, but it's just never come. Or perhaps you're same-sex attracted and believe God asked you to stay single and celibate. Or perhaps you're here because this isn't a particular thing for you, but you want to walk alongside those for whom it is. Pursuing faithfulness as a single person is a very good thing to do. But it doesn't mean ignoring hard things and unfulfilled hopes and dreams. And it doesn't mean assuming that the life of a married person is perfect and all their hopes and dreams are fulfilled. Marriage is good and so is singleness. Singleness is often hard, and so is marriage. They each have different, often very different, positives and negatives. Life in general is impacted by the fallen by sin, isn't it? 
So let's keep this in mind as we look at Psalm 84. And if you've got it open in front of you, um, do, do look down at it as I, as I speak. The psalmist is longing for a really particular thing, for the courts of the Lord, to be with the Lord in his place. And it begins so beautifully, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. The psalmist's emotions are made clear in verse 2. He says he yearns and he even faints for God's place. His heart and his flesh are sort of crying out to God, aren't they? This isn't some small emotion. His whole being seeks and wants the Lord. And in reading it, we begin to remember that being in God's place is an excellent place to be. Nothing is better. The psalmist is discontent with his life now and he wants more, more of God, just as the birds have. They've got a place to be, a nest, somewhere to call their own. And he's almost jealous of the birds, isn't he? Can you relate? Are you discontent with life now, wanting more? Let's turn to verses 4 to 7. Blessed are those who dwell in God's house. They're praising God. We're not told that those people are there yet. In fact, verse 5 talks about people whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. And we find out what he means. We're told that those who seek to be with the Lord dwell in places of rest and safety as they travel there, going through the valley of Baca. Baca means weeping, the valley of weeping. Do any of you relate to that? Weeping along the journey of life. The pilgrims' journey through this valley turns fertile as they get nearer to God's holy place. It seems that it's their weeping that makes it fertile. The weeping bears fruit, literally. And we heard about that this morning, didn't we, in different ways. And the closer they get, the stronger they become, and they go from strength to strength until finally, one day, they reach God in Zion. This is their end goal. They're not blessed because they're already there, They're blessed because they long to be there with God in his home. Then the psalmist cries out, hear me, listen to me. He knows he can cry out to God and he does. And we too can do the same. But do you see in verse 9 what he asked God for? To look with favour on the anointed one. An allusion to Jesus to the future Messiah. The king is the protector of his people and his strength is found in God's favour. That's why we trust and believe in King Jesus. God finds favour in him. Then in verse 10, we come back to the original topic and those of you who are uh, uh, maybe around my age will will know the song well um, that probably comes from this verse. Better is one day in God's courts than a thousand elsewhere. He desperately wants to be in the house of God. In fact, the psalmist would rather be a doorkeeper in the Lord's house than go and be with wicked people that don't seek God. He'd rather stand on the threshold of God's house than be elsewhere. And I don't know about you, but for those of us who often feel like we're on the edge of things, I think that's quite challenging, isn't it? Just think of all these stewards out here at Revive, standing at the entrance to the big, big top or elsewhere in the grounds, They'd rather be here with God's people than elsewhere with those people who aren't following God. 
And the psalmist would do this because we see God is a sun and a shield. He bestows favor and honor. He is all that gives light and joy. And he gives these gifts of grace and blessing upon us. And I think at times we've been inadvertently taught that one of the reasons we remain single is that we haven't pursued the Lord and godliness properly. That it's ungodly people who are still single. If we're still single, we can't be normal. And I I know for me, I have at times felt that, and it can lead to feelings of hopelessness. But the thing is, that's just not true, is it? It's really, really not true. Please hear me when I say that. The end of verse 11, look down at it, tells us that the Lord holds no good thing from those whose walk is blameless. The Lord holds no good thing from those whose walk is blameless. And the truth is that no one is blameless without Jesus. But everyone who is with Jesus, trusting and believing in him, is. Married people and single people alike who trust and follow Jesus are blessed because they are made blameless through him. And where is Jesus now? Sitting at God's right hand, in his courts, in his place, and we're blessed because we've trusted and believed in him. So where are we left at the end of this psalm? We're reminded that blessed is the one who believes in him and trusts in him. And seeking God and his place is better by far than turning away from him. He doesn't promise a spouse, but he does promise the ultimate blessing. One day, living with him forever in his kingdom. And while we're waiting for that day, let's ask him for help to keep seeking him. In the good times and the fun times, and in the times when all you have capacity for is to cry out to him, bringing what you have and you are to him, and asking him for help to remain with him throughout everything. Verse 12, Lord Almighty, Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Let me pray, and then Dave's going to come and um, carry on. Lord, as we read your word and see that you are completely trustworthy, and that this psalmist wants to be with you in your place, Lord, please help us as we have good times and low times, but all of us here will be wanting to walk with you closer and closer day by day. Please help us to understand more about how much you love us and what it means for our life now and in the future. Amen. Thank you, Jules. Dex, can we have the next discussion question up on the screen, please? We're going to turn back um, to the people we're sitting with. Um, Here's the question. Um, How can we help each other to stay faithful to Jesus in singleness? Brackets and marriage. Um, Some of you here will be married. Um, How can we help each other to stay faithful to Jesus in singleness um, and or marriage? Um, get practical. Um, get practical. A few minutes, turn to the person next to you, and then we'll feed back. We're adding a second question to your discussions. Keep talking. Second question. How have you seen God be faithful to you in your situation, whether that's singleness, marriage, um, whatever relationship status you have, as you have sought to be faithful to him? How have you seen God be faithful to you in your situation, as you have sought to be faithful to him? Keep, keep talking. We'll feed back in a bit. Okay, we're going to come back together. Thoughts, feedback, responses to either of those two questions. Let's go. Saying when, uh, say for the first question, 
thank you. Um, really about ha get knowing people. So um, knowing people as individuals, not just sharing, oh, that's a single person, that's a married person, but building relationships like God wants relationship with us, building relationships with people so that we know what they need and when they need it and whether they're single or married they will have different good things and bad things going on that that if you know them you can help them to stay faithful in their walk mm, thank you that's really helpful go on over here molly thank you this um in the second question um i have like how haven't I seen God be faithful, to be quite honest? Like, mm. I've seen God be super faithful to me um, in terms of, like, job situations, in terms of a community, a church community that he's plugged me into, um, friendships with people that are also single who understand pain and, and but yeah. also understand sometimes the joys of being single. Um, and, yeah, he's been super faithful to me, so praise him for that, yeah. And what I'm hearing you saying is you are seeking God in those things and he has responded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've, I have felt more, yeah, the more that I seek him, the more that he is able to use me yeah. um, and be faithful to me and, give and bless me, yeah. Cool. Thanks, Molly. Thank you. Praise God for that. Towards the back. Not that far. Oh, no. Um, I think I'm responding to the first question. Um, so I would say, I think it's important to build a support network around you. Um, I yeah. do that. So majority of my friends are Christians, married or single. Mm -hmm. And just watch, see, I, and there are times when I've seen God use those people when I'm going through a difficult time. Sometimes I'm yeah. afraid to ask and they may ring up and say, are you okay? I was just thinking about you. Let me pray for you. So I have a support network and I call them my gatekeepers. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you. That's really helpful. Um, hi, yeah, I'd say uh, join a prayer triplet, actually. Um, yeah. Because the opportunity to pray with, um, you know, two other guys in my case, um, really valuable and, you know, to share, we, you know, we can share and pray about the these, these struggles as they come. Yeah, thank you. Over here. Others, just put your hands up so I can see where you are. Okay. I will answer the second questions where it say, how God, have you seen God being faithful in you? It's just about being honest with yourself, try to analyze who you are putting first, because I was in a situation where I noticed that first was I want a husband, I want a husband, doesn't matter what, and second was God. But since I switched that off, I put God first, I find really a good comfort and I have a good network church where I've been really feeling more strong on that in keeping faithful to God. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And just here, two, three rows forward. Yeah. For the first one, I would say is just, people, you know, I, I've noticed a lot in churches as well, people do tend to hang out with uh, other people who are going through similar things in life. And I would say it would, it's important for people who are single or people who are married um, to form relationship with each other as well. Yeah. and ostracize other people who are not on the same path in life as they are, who they, who are going through different things, mm -hmm. you know. And as for the second one, I would say you can always see that God answers prayers regardless of whether you're single or not. Thank you. Yeah. Your hand up. 
Is anyone right at the back as well? Yeah, great, okay. Anyone else right at the back? Coming to you next. Yeah. Um, so for the first one, how can um, we help each other stay faithful? Something that came up in our discussion was about accountability. Mm. Um, and that's a word that we throw around a lot. But actually just super practically living life authentically, honestly, with a group of people. Um, and it kind of links in with the prayer triplet thing. Um, but you can literally just ring up your friend and be like, this is how I'm feeling. Someone shared a story um, about how they were asked out by a non-Christian person um, recently. And inside the new their own conviction, but just needed someone to come alongside and was like, actually, yeah, yeah, you're right. Don't give in to the temptation. It's not, it's not worth it. So I think really practically having a group of people around you that you can be accountable to um, and who are accountable to you can really help strengthen faithfulness. Yeah, thank you. Brilliant, thank you. And there was a hand at the back. Yeah. Right, hello. Uh, so answer to the first question, I, I would say that I would... So I... I broke up with somebody and then we didn't have God in that relationship and now we're, well, I'm trying to get back with her and I know we need to put God first in our relationship because previously we didn't put God anywhere in a relationship and <clears throat> we need to start using the Bible to actually understand what God wants us to do mm. and that means we've got to read the Bible, well in our relationship, well I believe everyone really should, we should be reading the Bible a lot more and just, that's, that's how we know God's word. So referring to the Bible and that there we will know what God's will will be for us. Well, a little bit clearer at least. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We wanted to allow time um, for your questions. Um, we don't have a lot of time left. Um, so perhaps 30 seconds with the person next to you. Um, what's not been said and what hasn't been answered? What's your burning question? Perhaps no promises of a, of a brilliant answer from the front. Um, but turn to the person next to you, 30 seconds. Um, what questions do you have left? Any, any questions? Um, I guess, like, how can we not live our lives in limbo? Um, at, or maybe a better question is, how can we best and most faithfully live our lives in that kind of uncertainty and limbo? Yeah. Right, and thank you. Jules, do you want to yeah, start with that? Um, I think... I think often, I think I made the mistake a lot when I was younger and I was single that I just didn't make decisions about things. So I was waiting to make decisions with someone. And it turns out that actually, I think God tells us in his word uh, to trust him and move forward in our lives. So if you are thinking about um, buying a house because you think that's financially um, a good idea, uh, talk to friends about it. Jane, Jane, who asked that question, she has talked to a number of people in our church about finances recently and it's been really helpful for her it's been a step she's only done it in the last six months don't don't wait for someone to come along before you do something and make a change in your life yeah i think the bit, marriage is only the next life stage for single 20s in in the western world mm. um the next life stage um biblically is when jesus comes back um yeah. so what's the horizon that you've you've got in mind what is your heart set on um psalm 84 let's it's a battle. It's an ongoing struggle, isn't it? But um, actually, we're living with that day in view, not the day that I meet uh, a woman or you meet a man at the altar, um, unless, unless that's Jesus and the whole church is there. Um, there was another question here. Yeah, so, um, so as Christians, like when obviously we're single and we want to possibly date a person or go out with someone or have a girlfriend or boyfriend, how should we approach that in a way that's still being faithful to God and we resist the temptation of going too far. Yeah, how do we do that? 
resist temptation. <laughs> um, I think you're saying lots and lots of things. Um, I think number one, it's not, it's, not, if, it's not wrong to desire to pursue marriage. And so if there is someone that you're interested in and you develop a relationship with them and move forward in marriage, that's the right thing to do. I think stagnating and going out with someone for years isn't helpful for either of you. Also, when you get engaged, try not to be engaged for 18 months. It's not a very good time, I'm led to believe. Um, look, I think you might also be talking about sexual temptation. Are you talking about sexual temptation? Okay, so he's saying, um, to, to a degree he's talking about sexual temptation, but really you're talking about meeting someone and being like, okay, we just need to get married because I've got someone now. Yeah. Um, I think we've heard from the floor that <laughs> other people are laughing. Yeah, people are laughing. Um, it's a temptation. That's why people are laughing, actually. Not, not at you. With, with, they're together with you. Um, I think we've heard from the floor that seeking counsel from wise Christian friends is always a good idea and the most important thing. A danger of singleness is, is isolation, isn't it? And only listening to, to myself or my own voice. And one of the ways in which God gives us wisdom is through other people. And so we have to have those close friendships and that mm. um, church family around us to, to say to, to us, no, you're being a bit, bit weird and irrational. <laughs> um, slow down. Yeah. Um, we've got time for perhaps one more question. Right at the back. Thanks. Uh, so singleness is hard. It has its challenges, particularly in today's culture. Uh, but how do we... Well, we're encouraging one another to see the blessings and the opportunities to serve, the unique opportunities to serve others uh, across a whole... Better in terms of relationships. So do you, how do we encourage one another to see, to keep on looking at the positives, whether singleness is for a season or for a long season, and not just think of... Uh, in terms of mitigating challenges or support in the face of temptation? Yeah. I think, um, I think I am learning, and I don't know what Dave will say, or others of you, that uh, the your life journey with the Lord um, is lifelong. So you don't make it at one point and become really godly and, not, and effectively not need God anymore. And so seeking him constantly and asking him for help to serve him is, is good and right. And also, I, I just think the secular world at the moment tells us that you need a life partner to be whole. That's not true. The Bible tells us that's not true. Um, our status before the Lord, whoever we are, is equal if we trust and believe in him. And coming back to that and coming back to that and coming back to that is one of the things that will really help you over time. Uh, forums like this are helpful, aren't they? A chance to talk about it um, together with a whole bunch of other people who we, we realise are in a similar situation to us or a related situation. Um, that won't be the situation in all our churches because they're different sizes and there may not be very many single people of your demographic um, at church. But um, taking opportunities um, to talk, talk to other, pe other Christians um, who understand. Um, I guess we wanted, um, with the emphasis of this seminar, um, not just to offer... Um, mitigations for singleness, as if singleness was less, and you, you alluded to that in your question. Um, we, we didn't want to, to list a whole load of things that are hard about marriage, although you could do that, um, as if um, that would make it better. Because actually the, the thing that the Bible offers up is, is Jesus. And, 
And it's not to say that, that Jesus makes it all go away now either. And I think we heard that this morning. I thought this, this morning's seminars were, uh, talks were, were really, really helpful um, teeing up this, this subject. Um, it's not that the pain goes away. Um, it will come and go. Um, but ultimately the day, the horizon that we're living for is, is that day. And the thing that will help us to keep going, most of all, is to keep our eyes on that day rather than kind of scanning left and right um, for, for things to distract us. Um, there are definitely positives to singleness, um, and it's helpful to think about them. They're going to be different for different people at different stages. Um, the benefits to me in my 30s will not be the same um, to somebody who is, who is widowed um, in their 60s or 70s. Um, but hopefully that's helpful. Jules, you're going to close us for us? Yeah. Let's pray. The end of Psalm 84 says, Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Father God, thank you for everyone who's come to this seminar, particularly today, wanting to be faithful in their circumstance, whatever that looks like. Lord, please um, keep each of us walking with you day by day over the years so that when we look back in 20 years' time, we can see how you have worked mightily through us in our lives. Lord, I pray for those who are here for whom being single feels harder at the moment. Lord, please surround them with friends and family who can encourage them and help them to stay faithful to you. Pray for the rest of this weekend, Lord, that there are chances to talk and share and share life with one another and talk out loud about these things in order to grow deeper in love with you. Amen. Well, that's it from us. Next episode is back to our series on planting. Stay tuned. <laughs>